as soon as it opens up. Same thing with Southwest. Luckily, with COVID kind of resting a little bit, like we weren't allowed to take more than two days off of school until this year in a row. We didn't have a lot of flexibility then, but we're getting a little bit more back now so that if we have a PTO day, we can move it one day forward or one day back so that we're not traveling well like the rest of the world is traveling over President's Day or something. But just booking far out in advance. Yes, and just being flexible, knowing that, I mean, we have a lot of the summer to to be able to book. So, you know, if if June doesn't work, we can look into July. And there's some times where we'll look um, a year in advance at Hyatt. And if we have the points, we'll transfer those points to Hyatt and book, knowing that we can always cancel and get those points back. So... The big key for us is just being able to think ahead. We definitely are not the travel hackers that can do things on the fly and find cheap flights and be able to do them, you know, the next day or within that week. We really, really have to make sure that we are cleaning out in advance. Hey there, points people. You just heard a clip from Katie and Nicole from Points and Miles Teachers. Katie and Nicole are third grade teachers who also teach points and miles to adults. Since they're raising a family on two teacher incomes because, P.S., both of their husbands are also teachers, they know what it means to live on a budget. Katie and Nicole believe in responsibly and strategically using credit card points and miles to travel the world while building a life of financial freedom. In this episode, we go over how to travel on points if you have a teacher's salary, if you have a teacher's schedule, or other constraints that might make this hobby a little bit more difficult for you compared to like a 30-year-old digital nomad bachelor, for example. If you're looking to get started with points and miles, check out the Chase Sapphire Preferred, which is the most popular card for people looking to get into the game. Additionally, we have a free course that covers how to get started with making your first redemption on points as well. And if you're interested in supporting this show when you apply for your next card, check out geobreezetravel.com cards. And if you're not sure what card is right for you, I offer free credit card consultations at geobreezetravel.com consultations, and we have the link to the Chase Sapphire Preferred, the free course, and the free consultation form for you in the show notes as well. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast, a show for anyone wanting to level up their travel hacking lifestyle. I'm your host, Julia Menez. I'm a travel hacker, coach, speaker, Filipina-American ENTJ who loves solid travel gear and using shortcuts on spreadsheets. On this show, I'm on a mission to bring you travel hackers from all walks of life to help you level up your travel hacking game. We dive into credit cards, miles, points, strategy, mindset, and the secrets behind how to travel the world for next to no cost. So let's get hacking. If you know me, you know I love to cook. If you're looking to get started with some home-cooked meals without having to start completely from scratch, you can enjoy $180 off your first six boxes of Blue Apron and free shipping on your first order. Plus, you'll earn 4,000 swag bucks valued at $40 after you receive your second delivery. All you need to do is sign up for swag bucks by going to geobreezetravel.com swagbucks, click through swag bucks to the Blue Apron offer, and sign up for the promotion. Check out Swagbucks for even more easy offers, and thank you to Swagbucks for partnering with this episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Katie. Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. Hi, Julia. We're so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you guys here, too, and to talk all about how people can do points and miles redemptions when they don't really have the flexibility to just jump on availability whenever it becomes available, because I know that's a very common piece of advice in the points and miles world is, oh, well, you have to be really flexible. And if something pops up on Tuesday for you to go on Thursday, then that's the way to get those really, really great aspirational first class and business class flights. 
And that does not work for everybody, especially people who have a very set work schedule like you guys who are teachers. So yeah. we'll jump all into that today and talk about what can be done in the situation for people who have similar schedules. But before yeah. we get into how to book flights for people who have those kinds of work schedules, tell us a little bit about your backgrounds and how did you guys get into points and miles? So we're both elementary teachers. This is our 16th year teaching. I got started in points and miles. I was teaching at home during like the year of COVID and had just like a little bit more time and mental energy to research things. So I started learning more about index funds and finances. You know, we had always had a Roth and done just very basic things, but I wanted to up our our portfolio. So I started looking around on Instagram and I came across a couple of different accounts that started talking about finances, but then I started hearing them talk about travel hacking. And I just thought, what the heck are they talking about? Like, what is this? They're ruining their credit. Credit cards are bad. You know, we'd had one credit card for over 10 years, my husband and I, and we just lived off of a debit card. So I just watched and I did what a lot of people do. I just kind of like lurked on Instagram. And one day I messaged Aunt Kara and I was like, can you please explain how this is affecting your credit score? And she did. And she was so patient. And I was following people like you and Max and Pennywise and Marianne. And I just started learning and learning and learning. And that's how I got started. And I started less than a year ago. So like Nicole said, we're both elementary teachers and we're fortunate enough to be able to work in the same classroom all day long. And so I was just watching her constantly book vacations. She was taking, she was averaging like one vacation a month. And so it just kind of came naturally, just asking questions totally convinced me just through watching her. And so, like I said, it was less than a year ago and she just, she's taught me about everything I know. So in that time, what cards did you guys open and did you kind of take it one step at a time or was it one step and then 12 steps right after that? Because you're like, oh my God, this is life-changing. I want to do this forever. <laughs> so that's funny that you asked that because we've like always had a pretty good budgeting system at my house. We're not rich, we're not poor, but like we know where most of our money is going. But my husband is was super leery of credit cards. And so we actually did what I tell everyone to do that's kind of skeptical. We got the Chase Sapphire Preferred first. And I was like, let's just do this one time. And if it's not for us, we'll downgrade it to a Freedom Flex, which is a zero annual fee card. And we'll just kind of like peace out from points and miles. So we did that. We got the Sapphire. We got our points. I booked Hyatt's. I used Transfer Partner with Hyatt from Chase. And I booked Hyatt's in Breckenridge, Colorado, and Moab, Utah. And we went out on that road trip vacation. And we rented a Razor to drive around in the desert. We went whitewater rafting. We just did all of these things that we normally would have spent our money on. We would have spent our money on a hotel. We had our budget still because we use sinking funds every month to put money in for travel. And my husband, we came home and him and my son, who was seven or eight, about eight at the time, were just like, that was the best vacation we've ever 
spin on. Like, oh my gosh, that was incredible. And it's because we got to use our money for experiences instead of hotel rooms. And I am crazy. And so I went all in after that. Like I just went into a deep, deep dive. <laughs> mm -hmm. Again, just learning through Nicole, she just pretty much like handheld with me through the whole thing. And she was like, here's step one, here's step two. And, you know, I was trying to learn everything I could ahead of time. And it was just so overwhelming. And she was just, you know, telling me, you don't need to know everything. Just start with the Chase Sapphire Preferred and then go from there. And so I had opened that up in early March, 2022, and then just started accumulating points. And in, in May, we took a family trip to Disney World. Again, it was just something that we wouldn't have really been able to afford. It was just kind of one of those things like, oh, we have free flights. We have a free hotel room to stay in. And so we just were able to spend that money on getting Disney World tickets. And so that was one of our first redemptions. I think it's worth talking too about like how you paid for your Disney World tickets. So my first card was the Chase Sapphire Preferred. And then my second card was the Chase Inc. Cash card. And so normally just like on a teacher's salary, you know, like at the time it, it was like a minimum spend of $7,500 in three months, you know, that would have been pretty tight for our budget. But knowing that we had Disney World come up, Nicole just convinced me, she said, with those expenses, you'll be able to meet quite a bit on that card. And so I would take that card and go to Staples and we just would buy the Visa gift cards or the MasterCard gift cards when they were having their $0 activation fee. And so I would buy a bunch of gift cards and get five times points on those. And then I did all of our spending, our, our tickets, all of our food, all of our extra activities. I was able to rack up a bunch of points just by getting five times points at the office supply stores. That was my second card. And again, it was just, just kept racking up these points. And then after that, I was like, wow, you know, I've only been doing this for, for three months. And within that time, I had, I'd already planned a trip. You know, we had planned a trip to Disney World. We had planned a trip to New York. We planned a trip to San Francisco. I mean, just in like this very short amount of time that I started travel hacking and it's been a game changer ever since. When you opened the Chase Inc. Business Cash, what did you write down as your business since that is a business credit card? And I know a lot of people who work nine to fives or W2 jobs are like, well, I don't really have a business, so I don't qualify for this card. What did you write down on your application? Yeah, that's a good question. So a lot of people think that in order to have a business card, you have to have an LLC, which is not true. And being a teacher, it's just really natural. I work with students before and after school, just tutoring. And so my business was tutoring. Even though I don't make a large income on that, I was able to apply the sole proprietorship and I just used my social security number and I was able to get approved instantly. That's fantastic. When you guys were first starting out, were there any mistakes that you made where you were like, oh, we really should tell people not to make the same mistake? <laughs> That's how I live my life. One mistake at a time. I just learn and move on. Like I've just come to terms with it. So obviously I wish I would have started sooner. That's what we tell everyone. Our biggest mistake was, was not starting this sooner, but 524. I didn't realize that Chase Bank would only approve you for personal or business cards and that you had to be 
four cards in 24 months or fewer to get approved by those. Once I learned about 524, I just like really stepped up my game of selling my kids stuff on Marketplace or on Macari, which I always just naturally did. And so that allotted me like a side hustle so that I could get business cards through a sole proprietorship. I mean, kids clothes and toys, it's not like it's thousands of dollars, but just learning about how business cards are such a huge asset to giving you more points, like a shorter time period in that 24 months was a huge game changer. Fortunately for me, because I had Nicole with me, like literally every step of the way, we work together eight hours a day. We talk after school, before school, on the weekends. I see her and talk with her more than I do my own family. And so I am very fortunate to say I haven't really had any big mistakes because she literally just walked me through every step of the way. She was my mentor and she would say, this is what you need to do next. And that was really helpful for me because that's what I needed. I needed someone to just tell me what to do instead of trying to figure it all out. She just gave me my path. It was just somebody I trusted and said, okay. Like I said, I feel fortunate that I haven't made any big mistakes. Hopefully it'll stay that way. I think in the big picture, people are a lot like that. They just want somebody to tell them what to do, especially starting off. And so, you know, we offer credit card consultations and things like that, where we've had a lot of good feedback where people just say, what cards do I get in what order? And so that's just like a service we'll provide is do it in this order. And that has been something that's been really helpful and beneficial. Absolutely. As somebody who also tried to figure this all out on her own once upon a time and made a lot of mistakes and just felt lost the whole time and not really sure who to ask my questions to, so much has changed in the last few years. There's so many resources now. However you wanna learn, there's somebody who can provide free credit card consults. I have the free course that people can use. If they're like, I don't wanna talk to a person, I just wanna download something that has all of the information in one place. Free courses there. There's tons of free materials and also paid ones as well for people to get coaching or direct mentorship like you did. So I think as an industry, we've come so far in just a few years and it's absolutely incredible. And it's so exciting for people's lives. Like this has been such a fulfilling thing to do with our lives that I was telling someone the other day that I feel like our finances are even better now and we're traveling all the time than they were before because I don't get sucked into like the materialistic things so much to like fulfill something. I just want to spend my money on experiences. And so I'm not doing like the target runs and all the things that you just kind of sometimes get with commercials and keeping up with people. So, I mean, that's been incredible. So I know once people earn their points, they're like, oh man, the hard part of this game is actually redeeming points. How did you guys go about learning redemptions? So Google, <laughs> I Googled how did I, the first time I did a Hyatt transfer, I Googled it and I had the screen pulled up from a YouTube video and I can't remember who it was, but I had it pulled up on one screen and then I did my Hyatt transfer on the next one. Like you said, redemptions, the power is in a transfer partner. We try to tell people that all the time. Just send your points out. Don't spend them in the portal if you can. Don't get your points to be a cash value, but that's how I learned. We have 
guides right now, like transfer partner guides that just have like screenshots that show step-by-step. Step. We have a class coming up soon where we'll do like live bookings in front of people so they can see. Katie called me on the phone in Texas and had me help her do a booking. So <laughs> she was on call like 24 hours a day. And again, it was just super beneficial to have somebody just on call, just at my fingertips saying, how do I do this? And she would just walk me through and it's really paid off. It's been really nice to have that mentorship. When you are looking for award space, I think this gets into the main theme of this episode, which is sometimes you're just looking during the summer or during holiday breaks and there's just nothing there. So as teachers, how do you guys work around that where you're like, okay, we really want to go to mm -hmm. Orlando, or we want to go somewhere else on vacation, and there's no flight availability, there's no good hotel availability, and what's left is really, really expensive during the times that you can travel. How do you work around that? We book early. I mean, that is honestly the biggest thing we do. We do know our schedules. I mean, that's a positive and a negative. We know our schedule. So we book out as far as the calendars will go. As soon as American Airlines opened up the calendar, I was booking tickets to Europe next summer. You know, we we watch Hyatt and we're ready to pounce on them as soon as it opens up. Same thing with Southwest. Luckily, with COVID kind of resting a little bit, like we weren't allowed to take more than two days off of school until this year in a row. We didn't have a lot of flexibility then, but we're getting a little bit more back now so that if we have a PTO day, we can move it one day forward or one day back so that we're not traveling well like the rest of the world is traveling over President's Day or something but just booking far out in advance. Yes, and just being flexible, knowing that, I mean, we have a lot of the summer to to be able to book. So, you know, if, if June doesn't work, we can look into July. And there's some times where we'll look um, a year in advance at Hyatt. And if we have the points, we'll transfer those points to Hyatt and book knowing that we can always cancel and get those points back. So, the big key for us is just being able to think ahead. We definitely are not the travel hackers that can do things on the fly and find cheap flights and be able to do them, you know, the next day or within that week. We really, really have to make sure that we are cleaning out in advance. That's a good point about at least you know your schedules really far in advance, whereas there are people who are like in hospitals or lots of other industries where they have a set schedule. Obviously, you can't really be working remotely as an ER nurse, and you don't always have your schedule until really close to the days that you're working. Maybe you have a month's notice or two weeks notice. And I think we were talking about this with Mackenzie on Travel Hacks Mac, where she likes to book last minute flights. And mm -hmm. we were talking about the compounding factors of different things that just make this harder. Like, do you wanna travel last minute? Okay, that's level one. Are you trying to find last minute tickets for six people? Okay, that, that makes it harder. Is it in business class? Oh God, is it on specific dates? Good luck. So right. these things will just compound on each other. Are mm -hmm. you guys booking a lot of tickets at the same time? I mean, Katie's a family of five and I'm a family of four. Yesterday I did two bookings and I'm booking for February, which is like the soonest that I would ever wait. My mom and I like scrounged enough points together 
to go on a little like weekend trip. So, but usually it's much farther out than that. Yeah, same. I would say definitely, you know, when we have our winter breaks and our spring breaks, most of the time we're going to be gone. We haven't yet taken anything together, but we definitely have actually at recess duty today, we were talking about how we needed to take a friend's trip (laughs) instead of just with our families. And so that's going to be something that we're going to be looking into. Since you guys are in the Kansas City area, how do you guys do positioning flights? Has it been easy enough to find the tickets and the availability to where you want to go if it's mostly domestic? Or have you tried to find anything that was more international and a little bit more of a challenge as far as routing goes? So I had my first experience with that this year. We are going to be gone for 19 days next summer, which is really weird for us because my husband football schedule doesn't really allow for that and coaching, but where he's going to be fine to be off. And we are taking Southwest since we both will have companion passes so that both of my kids can fly for just taxes or fees. And we're actually flying from Kansas City to LaGuardia. And then we're going to have to get from LaGuardia to JFK. And then we're taking JFK to Rome. So that's how I worked that. It was cheaper and a better like taxes for us to just get to New York than to fly straight from MCI to Rome and do a layover somewhere. How much time are you leaving yourself in New York to get between the two airports? Seven. Is that enough? Are you making a face? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, if you're going straight from one airport to the next seven hours, I'm sure is fine. And there aren't too many delays between Kansas City and New York, especially that time of year. I was just wondering if you guys built in like a, oh, let's just explore New York while we're here and spend a day exploring New York. Because a lot of people do that with a lot of the layover cities being major, large Mm -hmm. cities anyway, because it's going to be Los Angeles, New York City, Miami, London. It's going to be a large airport anyway. So a lot of people just take the time to build in an extra day to explore those cities. But I think you'll probably be okay with seven hours as long as nothing goes wrong with your first flight. I mean, I'm not going to do that anymore though. After you just said this to me, I'm going to go home and I'm going to bump our Southwest West flight the day before because on the way back, we're flying from Paris back to JFK and then we're spending a night in New York at a Hyatt next to LaGuardia and then flying home. So we probably just need to do that both ways because otherwise I'll have so much anxiety. <laughs> it's nice too, especially if you're traveling with kids to just have that layover break too, and then just sleep in a real bed that night instead of going 15, 18, sometimes 24 hours for people who travel to Asia where there's not a real bed. Sometimes we will just put that break in there just to sleep in a real bed and kind of break up the trip too. Well, perfect. Thanks for teaching me that. This was super helpful. (laughs) Anytime. So what other dream trips are you guys planning and have on the wish list since you guys plan really far ahead? in addition to Italy? Well, when we go to Italy, we're going from, we're going to Rome, Venice, and then we're, I'm not going to say this right, Brins, Burns, Switzerland, and then we're going to Paris. And my husband is an Italian American family. And so he's really excited to go to Italy. And my kids are super excited too. I think that's another thing, you know, like we typically fly as a family of four, So the amount of points we need to do something is a lot. Like I was telling someone earlier that I'm point poor right now because I've just spent all my points on my summer bookings. But I really want to go somewhere like Belize or Costa Rica 
And then Katie and I keep talking about going to Lamplad in Finland or Norway. I can't remember where it is, but up there and to see like the northern lights and stay in one of those glass igloos. I think my kids would just die over that. I think for me, my oldest son, he's going to turn 10 this coming up year. And I asked him if he could go anywhere, where would he like to go? And he said he would like to go to Hawaii. So that has already been booked and and paid for, you know, Disney World and Hawaii, being able to do that back-to-back summers is incredible and something that I never would have been able to do before this. And so that's definitely a dream vacation. And I'm also going to be taking my mom and dad and my in-laws all booked on points. And that is a dream vacation for all of us. How did you earn that many points? Or did you get your parents and your in-laws into it too so that they can cover their own flights? So my husband, who he is also a teacher, but he also is a reseller on Amazon. And so he also plays the travel hacking game too. So he has his credit cards. I have my credit cards. And then just recently, we have gotten both of our parents on board. They're definitely not as far into it as as we are, but we have just gotten to the point where I have said, mom, dad, you have to open this credit card. You know, they'll ask all these questions and try to answer them best as I can. But I'm just like, you just need to open them. And It just took a few months and they had enough points to pay for seven nights in Hawaii. So we were able to fund that. I think too, you know, like dream destinations, everyone's always thinking about like dream destinations and that is awesome. We have a couple of teachers here that their kids are on like traveling baseball teams or dance or Katie's husband had some health issues. And just like thinking about how points and miles can help offset that financial burden that comes along with just like regular life. And actually on that topic, that's one of the reasons that I was so intrigued by the points and miles because when Nicole was doing this and she was going on these great vacations, I was thinking to myself, you know, that'd be really nice to use when we're just doing like little staycations and things like that. So my husband, he has a rare disease and it's it's pretty chronic. And so the local doctors here, they transferred all of his care to Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. And so over the summer, we spent weeks up there just him having surgery and having appointments and we would go back and forth. And I feel like that has been more beneficial than just even, you know, these big dream vacations because we saved thousands of dollars on these appointments that we we weren't necessarily expecting. It's just changed our life in that way because of course we have all these medical bills that racked up and everything, but just to be able to take off the cost of being able to stay in a hotel and not have to worry about paying cash for it that was a huge help and a blessing in our life. We weren't necessarily expecting. That is such a good point too. Instagram is a world of highlights and I like to say it's make-believe land a lot of the time. For anybody who's in the behind the scenes, you kind of know how things are finagled and everybody just shows 
all of the wonderful things that look great in business class, but there are so many people who are just like, I just want to see my mom. I don't have $500 to fly to wherever she lives right now. There are families who, like you, have medical costs and need to travel for those. There are people who are like, I'd really like to take my kid to this tournament that they qualify for, whether it's for dance or sports or anything, and then just looking at the budget and saying, we don't have it. And points can really make such a huge difference there. So I'm really glad you brought that up for dream destinations because it doesn't always have to be the Maldives. It can just be, we were able to take an experience that otherwise like we might've had to say no to. Absolutely. And that's what a lot of the teachers and the people that we surround ourselves with, a lot of them will just do like traveling for sports and dance and things like that. And, you know, just teaching them that it's not always about those dream destinations. It's just about the everyday life. Like, it's just nice to have those points, you know, tucked away for when you're going to need them. It's not always for those big vacations. And that can really just, I guess, sometimes make or break the financial situation of a family and whether or not you have to dip into that emergency fund or take out debt to pay for these things because there is a point where like traveling is not optional if it's a medical emergency. So points and miles can come in handy for so, so many different types of situations. Yeah. And you think about like adoptions and different things, you know, like it's just huge. Like if someone's traveling for an adoption or I don't know, there's just so many different avenues that can be helpful just for your everyday life. So I'm sure that as you guys kind of talk about this together in school, it's kind of spread through the teacher community. How has the reception been within your community of people learning about how you do points and miles and how it's kind of changed your lives? People have been really surprised because I mean, just like we were to start off with, because again, we are both, we're teachers, we're married to teachers. And when people are seeing us take you know, multiple vacations a year. And we're going to places, you know, just a a weekend vacation or to Hawaii or to Europe. And they hear us and talk about it and they see us doing these things. They're getting on board. They're asking questions. And we've had a really good perception of it and just a, a lot of good feedback and just a lot of people that are saying, can you teach me? And how is this possible? And can you teach my family? Can you teach my friends? And so it's been a really exciting thing because naturally we're teachers. And, you know, when we first started doing this, it wasn't for anything other than just, we want to teach people how you can travel for cheap or or nearly free because that's how we learn to experience the world. And it's just really satisfying Mm -hmm. when people are looking at us and wanting to learn from us and we're able to help them do this as well. Yeah, we have a para at our school and I don't know if people know this, but school paras don't make very much money. Like starting, I think is at like $14 an hour. And she did points and miles and she gifted her son and daughter-in-law a stay at hotel Kansas city for the night for their anniversary. And she was just like, I would have never been able to do that for them, but they have small children and they just need to be together for a night. And that was huge. Like that was so fulfilling to watch her be so giddy over gifting that to her son. It was so cool. Yeah. So it's, it's the little victories too. It's not just the big ones, but it's, it's also, you know, seeing them be so excited about these things, which is where our passion comes from. You know, like we're like their biggest cheerleaders, like, yeah, see, you can do this. It's not as hard as it might seem. What is a para? 
A para is like a support staff at school. So they may be assigned to a student with like developmental delays or behaviors, or maybe they're an assistant in a library or work in the office. It's just really someone who works at school that's not like a certified teacher. Yeah, I have been to the Hotel Kansas City. I was able to gift that to my family as well when we were visiting. It's beautiful. It's like this, I don't even know what decade it was from. I'm going to say 1920s. Yeah, I think it was from the boring 20s, like back in the like prohibition days and everything. <laughs> it's a historic building. It's absolutely gorgeous. We got into the loft suite there. And for anybody who's in Kansas City, it's right next to the Power and Light District. So I'd highly recommend it. It's a great Hyatt hotel. They had free parking because we were paying with points anyway. Hyatt Globalist breakfast, all the things. And fantastic views, easily walkable through a lot of the Kansas City Power and Light area. And being able to gift those things is so nice too. I've been able to gift my family hotel stays and different flights to come see us in Las Vegas or to trips to other places around the U.S. as well. And it is such a great feeling. And I completely understand where you guys are like, oh, I'm so excited watching other people be able to do this because I think I get more excited for the people that I help mm -hmm. instead of like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love it whenever I get to go somewhere like Italy or Japan or Amsterdam or somewhere cool overseas and take a really cool content trip, but it's so different watching somebody get to do this for just the first time that they ever redeem points or the first time that they ever get to fly business class or stay in a luxury or suite at a hotel. So I just love getting to see that joy from people too. So I completely understand what you mean from that. So with everything that you have learned about points and miles so far, what would you say is the number one thing that you would advise people listening today? <laughs> get started. Start how we started, you know, get a card, get the Sapphire card. If it doesn't work out for you, you'll pay the $95 annual fee the first year. Then, you know, when that annual fee comes due again, the second year, you'll just call Chase and have the card downgraded to a zero annual fee card. Like you're out 95 bucks if it doesn't work for you. But what if it does work for you? Mm -hmm. You know, we try to like instill that in our, like our own children in our class. People think, you know, like, well, what if it doesn't work? Well, what if this doesn't? And we think, well, what if it does work? Yeah, just we're just kind of thrive on like the possibilities. And mm -hmm. what if this does work? Get going. It's life changing. You also don't have to know everything to get started. Being a teacher, I want to know everything. I want to be able to have all the knowledge before getting started. And you don't have to do that. You know, you can just take little pieces at a time and just start. Because again, I just, I wish that I would have started a long time ago instead of trying to learn everything, just get started. And like you said, Instagram, people see like the highlight reel of life. And yeah, I'm in a deep dive with points and miles. You're in a deep dive. You don't have to be in a deep. I wasn't in a deep dive when I started. I got one card and I did a Hyatt redemption and I learned how to do that. And then once I knew how to do that, I did something else. You know, I just took it one step at a time until I felt comfortable. And that's what people just have to do if they're 
they're on the fence. That's fantastic advice. Speaking of fantastic advice, could you give a shout out to somebody else on the internet who you would like to direct listeners to for more awesome points and miles tips? So we have girl crushes, tons of them, you know, on the internet. And I mean, I was looking through Katie and I were making a list of all the people and I was like, oh, they were, they've already been on there. They've already been on there. Katie from Money Misfit. She's a newer account. We love anyone that shows that points and miles and finances are married. We tell people if you're a budgeter and you already have like control of your finances, this is for you because you're not going to allow yourself to go into credit card debt. And Katie from Money Misfit, she talks about budgets and finances and we love that. And then I love Marianne from Points and Promos. I think Marianne in her stories just shares things that don't naturally come to my mind. It's like having a news ticker, you know, on my Instagram feed. And so I love following Marianne. And I know that you were mentioning before, just get started. It's okay to make small mistakes. I think that's part of the game. So many people are afraid it's just going to ruin you financially forever. But most of the people who are getting into this already have a healthy amount of skepticism and are probably exactly the kinds of people who would benefit from this? Mm -hmm. I think the people are like, oh yeah, let's buy all the points and get all the first class things and look super fancy online. If that's your first reaction, make sure that you're following rule number one, which is to never take out credit card debt and make sure that you can pay off your bills in full every month is rule number one. But for people who are like, oh, like I have an 800 credit score. I really don't want to mess with that. I've worked so hard to get to this point it's that time to start reaping in the rewards because it is, like you said, life-changing. We all make $10 mistakes here, $20 mistakes here. I'm pretty sure I've made mistakes while doing different experiments with points and miles that have cost me like $100 before. But it's part of the game and you make it back as you get deeper and deeper and the numbers get bigger. I started and I tallied it up after we did our bookings for next summer and it's been over $80,000 is what... I've redeemed in this short amount of time. Yeah, I think I started, I got my first card in December of 2020. So it's just crazy how fast it can compound. $80,000. That's incredible. Insane. I know. Huge chunk of that is my family of four, my mom and my aunt, we all went to Hawaii. So we had two rooms for 10 nights. We stayed at the Hyatt Regency Maui and at Hilton Waikoloa. And so like that was $30,000 just for that, like the cash value of that. But then what always comes to my mind when we try to like think of the highlight reel, you know, so I loved going to Hawaii, taking my mom to Hawaii. It was like an accomplishment and it was so fun and we're so grateful that we got to go. But my mom and I, my husband's football coaching schedule is like pretty intense still in the summer. There's only two weeks off that he can travel in the summer. So my mom and I took my kids to Washington to Mount Rainier and Olympic National Park. And I had to piece that trip together. And its total cost was like 5,600, maybe 5,900 for that one. And that's my favorite redemption to date, because that is something I never would have done was go on vacation without my husband, with my mom, and just like, I'm going to have that experience with her for the rest of my life. And so will my kids. They'll just see these like two strong women 
hauling them through the forest hiking. I think that's incredible. And that was two weeks after you got back from Hawaii. Yeah. So as you guys are taking more and more of these incredible trips and also just the really incredible accomplishment of teaching more people about the game of points and miles, where can people find you online? So we're at Points and Miles Teachers on Instagram. We have a website, pointsandmilesteachers.com. We have a Facebook, same Points and Miles Teachers, but I think we're most active and up-to-date on Instagram. So if you want to find us, pop on there and send us a DM and just say hi. Perfect. Well, thank you both again so much for coming onto the show today. I know a lot of people out there might be thinking, oh, points might not be for me. I don't have a huge gigantic salary. I don't have my own business. I have a limited schedule. I have three kids. Whatever the reason may be, there is a style of points and miles that can probably work for you. So thank you for showing people that there's so many different diverse ways to live a travel hacking lifestyle. Absolutely. Thank you. We've loved coming on. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. If any of the cards mentioned in today's episode piqued your interest, please check out the links in the show notes for more information on any of the cards. Also, if you apply for a card using the links on that page, I may receive a commission too, so please and thank you. P.S. I hear the links work better in Internet Explorer or Safari, and sometimes the credit card applications tend to glitch out in Chrome. Additionally, it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and share it with a friend. And if you would like to make even more travel hacking friends, please sign up for the Patreon to access our monthly masterclass hangouts. We dive deep into a particular points program each month, and you'll get to ask all of your travel hacking questions and enjoy being around other people who enjoy points and miles just as much as you and I do. If you would like an invite to the next one, head over to geobreezetravel.com hangouts to sign up to be on the invite list. Take care and happy travels.